All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Is my mic on now? Hell yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 60. I am Bagged Milk. To my right is The Nation Dan, Rick, and Nick. To my left is Tyler Remchuk running the board. This is episode 60. Is this the Baselion episode? This is Sebastian Baselion episode. Finally. Finally made it. Is it actually? No. Ah. What number was he? 61. Oh, next week. I'm bringing in a cake next week. That's your actually, time to shine, I buddy. I think it's 62. No, it's 61. No, it is 60. I'm going to DM. You go. We did it. get it from the we safe did it. He, he is 60? Basalion, oh. 60. Damn it. I was like, we should get him on for episode Le 61. 60. Maybe we will. Le episode 60. Next week, if I get him on, can we do episode 60 part two? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you. I want to go ahead and start this podcast by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. This month, we partnered up with Sherwood Ford to do Movember. I'm looking around the room right now. Dan bullied Nick into shaving his beard into arguably one of the greatest handlebar mustaches I've ever seen. However, he looks good. He looks great. Very handsome. My problem with Nick's face right now is that he didn't join the mustache to the sideburns as I requested. But you know what? It's possible. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Well, so Nick, there's a little backstory here because Nick has really wanted to work for the nation for a while. And, and he told, I believe it was Wanye, that he is willing to eat shit for this company. Human feces. And so I was like, well, man, because the day before he didn't want to do it. And I was like, well, you told us you were willing to eat shit. <laughs> and dead. this you is your him. shit. And it's not, it's, it's, I mean, it's a great cause and I know you support it no matter what. Of course. But, but the, the worst part about it is I cut my chin because I have <laughs> shaved my chin in like Confirmed. four years. There's quite a, so quite a gash. There's a gash chin. on yeah. my chin. So that's the worst part about it. But, and also you didn't tell your missus you were doing this. I did not. Well, I did, but she hasn't seen it yet. Nice. Yes. Are you nervous about that? Well, it is what it is. I mean, so what, ladies, there yeah. may be a bachelor tomorrow. But like, uh, you know what? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not no, gonna no. Get let's, come on, what, what, let's go. Speaking well, as like a man, you as be, a child, let's, and have, a let's wife have a little. I'd like to have years. a little uh, relationship talk with Taylor. You're you, right now. like, you would never get mad at her if she got a haircut that you didn't like. No. So then there you go. That's the end of this whole debate. If she doesn't like it, you tell her. If you ever get a bad haircut. We're still good. So if I do my mustache like this for a month, we're good. I know. But, looks it, great. but at the same time, it's like, what am I supposed to do now? It's done. Our like, boy from... There's nothing. You can shave it all off. Speaking of shaving it all off... That would work, look worse, though. Our boy from Sherwood Ford, David. Oh, yeah. Mm. He went right down to the oh, yeah. stock. He cleaned everything up. He did. We're going to be posting that photo here right away. He looks like 
some of the delicious hard-boiled eggs he was eating at the Oilers Nation Open back in August. That man. Uh, we should mention that we're doing this in conjunction with Short Ford. Of course. He did. Right. Oh, you did. Okay. They're yeah. partners. So, Come on, Nick. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. Well, Nick Klaus. We, we are going to have some to. cramming in for some hot segments for this episode. So we are going to have a link where to donate to the Movember team again. Oilers Nation, Sherwood Ford, we're Matt. We're teaming up for Movember. We're going to raise as much money as possible for an excellent cause, and more importantly, just as importantly, I should say, the boys are going to look great. They're going to be very, very handsome, and I support them in their handsomeness. This is hot. Exactly. We're going to start talking a little Oilers now by discussing what's going on with Riley Sheehan. Oh, Oilers now. Are we talking about Oilers now or are we talking about Riley Sheehan? We could Sheehan? talk about Oilers now. It is a radio show on uh, TSN 1260. Whoa. <laughs> They're big Jesse Pugliarvi fans I've heard over there. Listen, TSN now. 1260 is Bob Stoffer's fallback plan. All right. Um, no, it's on Chad. Let's get that right. We are going to talk about the Oilers starting now. How's that? That works. Okay. Better? Riley Sheehan left Wednesday's game against Columbus with an upper body injury. He took a hit in the corner from Pierre-Luc Dubois, obviously in some pain, left, did not return. No real update on what's going on with him yet. However, Colby Cave recalled for today. William Lagesson sent down. So I want to start off with Colby Cave first before we get to Lagesson. Where do you think he slots in? Is he just taking Sheehan's spot or is he sliding in maybe somewhere else? Tyler, what do you think? Well, first of all, Riley Shane could still play tomorrow. He hasn't been placed on IR or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been no roster move made with Shahan. He was practicing this morning. Yeah, so, so I think this is just an insurance policy more than anything right now. They already had, like, Lagason was the eighth defenseman with Pearson now healthy. Um, so I think this honestly might have happened regardless. Like, they might have just said, Lagason, you got to play, man, and we need an extra forward up here. So it's Colby Cave. So this there's a chance that this has nothing to do with Riley Shahan's injury, but it's a good insurance policy to have. If he does play, he's playing on the fourth line, and I think it's as simple as that. The Lagesson recall was strange because he came up on, like, October 17th or something and never played a game. Got paychecks, though. A couple might, of paychecks. Agreed. agreed he might have said that earlier this year, like, hey, listen, I love playing a lot in the American League, but I'm 24, 25 now. Can you guys maybe, when you see fit, try to squeeze me up here even if I don't play? That's a lot of power. I like that. I like that. Because, like, what? He, I think I, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Go to puckpedia.com to check for sure. But it's like, I think he gets 700K somewhere in there at the NHL level and 60 in the AHL. Yeah. So he probably cleared his whole year's salary in the last two weeks. A friend of a friend type of thing plays in the American Hockey League. And there was a stretch. He's a goaltender oh, where the NHL team starting goalie got hurt and Name he went him. up for three Name weeks. Him. He appeared in one game and he came up for three weeks and he was like, man, I made more than I made in my entire AHL career up to that point. Like it's some people don't realize like, oh, it sucks. Why did they bring legs and up and not play him? He isn't. Con- he is not complaining. Hold on. Let's see if we can figure this out. Was that Sheen star it? No, not in the Oilers organization. Okay. Tyler has so many friends is what we're learning. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is going to be tough. Not a big deal. Vegas organization. No. We're bearing the lead, though. We were supposed to be talking about where Colby Cave is going to be sliding in. <laughs> and now we're up. talking about my friends of friends <laughs> dating people, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If he does play, it makes sense that he'll just slide in on that fourth line with uh, Granlund and Russell, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. top... As much as the, we've talked endlessly about how the bottom six isn't scoring, those top three lines have played together now for, what, two, almost three games now? At yeah. least two games, right? So it doesn't really make sense to break up, especially the third line, just for the sake of... Of putting Colby Cave up there, right? So, I like especially because Col- it's Colby Cave. Fair enough. How dare you? How dare you? He had three assists in the AHL. He's a serviceable player. That's cool. He's fine. He'll be fine. And he's not going to no, be. No, he's not going to be fine. That's why they put him in the AHL the first <laughs> opportunity they got. He's going to be fine. <laughs> that's, to what not have that's, what, that's what we're okay with here nowadays. We're, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll like, be fine. We're going to be fine. We're if he's going to be in the lineup, Rick would like us it, to call up Kyler Yamamoto to play center. <laughs> Here's, here's what no, I like about Colby Cave. completely wrong, but yes, if you're going to bring him up, bring him up for a fucking two weeks. You guys know this, and it's being happened all around the NHL. See, I think they should have called up Brad Malone. Afraid, you're too afraid to fucking challenge your highest prospect. I'm scared of Kyler Yamamoto. Um, no, they're afraid to call him up. Yeah, I like Colby Cave because he doesn't make mistakes, right? Like, sometimes there'll be moments where Granlin does something, and you'll be like, what the hell are you doing right now, man? Or, like, <laughs> certain bottom six players, I just really want to take a shot at Granlin again. Of course he did. But with Cave, you, Cave, you never notice him like doing anything wrong. The problem is he just does not do anything well. So that just means Haas is not going to center, right? Because if you put Haas at center, I, I would have brought up like a Josh Curry or something like that. Haas He's is got, at center. 
Yeah, yeah but Colby uh, Cave can play center as well, right? So he's your fourth line. So you really don't. So now you have three guys that are going to fill out the last two uh, center spots. Cave's, Cave is a healthy scratch if Shan's playing. I think that's. I wonder if they would do something where they move uh, Gaetan Haas to the right side to just kind of limit his what he has to take care of and kind of get himself situated to the NHL game. But at the same time, like I don't know what Haas was overseas. Like if he was a center all the time overseas, that could be where he's comfortable. Like Joachim Nygaard struggles along the wall in his own end. That's been like well noted early in his NHL career. So like putting Great Haas on the right stuff. side, it could yeah. Uh, putting Haas on the right side could just throw him off more than anything, right? Could be. I'm Maybe sure they brought up so. Colby Cave because they saw the fight that he got into down in Bakersfield. Just Go check that out, hockeyfights.com. You knocked that dude out. Maybe they want to fight for this team right now because I'm looking at hockey fights right now and the Oilers have zero. They've got a goose egg up on the board right now. We, haven't got a ma- we have not got a major penalty yet this year. Let's, no, just, sir. let's just stick to fighting for majors, though. I don't need us to get any suspension. I don't need fights either. Whoa, oh, take that. Definitely. Take that. HockeyFights.com. Fuck you. <laughs> no, the, the Colby Cave knockout was good. That that rivalry between Stockton and Bakersfield now is just is it? one of the best. Yeah, they uh, the next weekend, they had another fight where uh, Nolan VC got <clears throat> knocked the fuck fast. out. AllWrestling.com. Go check that one out. Nolan VC got that knocked out hard. I was very impressed. <laughs> so. Sticking in line with the line combinations. I want to talk about how wrong I was about the Jujar, Nuge, Gagne line. I mean, it's not perfect. Nobody's going to say it's perfect. I thought when they put those three together that it was a punishment for Nuge. I'm always standing up for my boy. He needs an even strength goal. He just needs a goal in general. He's on pace for 52 points despite only having one goal. I'm going to defend him until the ends of the earth. And I thought putting him with Jujar and, and Sam was mean. But over the past couple of games, they've looked really good. Anybody else? Well, Gagne has been great. Like on whoa, that line, whoa, whoa. let's not say great. He's but he's been, been he's fits he's been right in with Nuge. Like they've fine. got the they've got some connection there for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think that the move was to give Jujar a little bit of a kick in the in the bottom and try and get. Yeah, him there was going. definitely a kick in the pants for Jujar. I was very surprised to see him kind of get the uh, bump up like that. I do think with uh, when he's playing with forwards that are better than him, he kind of brings up his competitive level and he simplifies his game. I found. Like yeah, that goal he scored against Columbus, he was just charging his giant carcass towards the front of the net. And that's net. how he's going to score the majority of his goals. If they're Amen. not that there, he's coming out of the uh, out of the corner back first, turns around and gets a quick shot off from like the the low just below the the circles. But the team I think also has even just in the two games between Detroit and then Columbus, they changed their their mentality. They had a better there game was, the second one. There was a lot more urgency in there. There was more quality shots. There was more pursuit of the puck after a shot instead of just allowing the goalie to play it off to a defender. They played properly. They played well against Columbus. They played like shit against Detroit. Yep. I would say that Columbus game was probably their most complete effort on the road since that win against the New York Islanders in week one. I'd agree. Arguably. Yep. Yeah, probably. Um, remember last year though, Jujar went on a nice run with uh, right Nugent Hopkins right after the Ranger game with Nugent Hopkins and Puglia Yarvi, right? Yep. Um, so Nugent Jujar have worked well together in the past. I'm sure Nick has some numbers on that. Actually, nope. oh, no, no. No. I was just going to bring up how uh, in the off season, Nugent was on 31 Thoughts and he was interviewed by American Friedman, and they talked. He talked about line mates from last year, and he specifically mentioned that he thought he had good chemistry with Kara. And Pooley RV, but he notably talked about Kara saying that he felt that he was able, they were, he felt he got to good positions in and around the net that Nuge felt he could really, they could play off each other's games really well. So there's obviously a bit of a familiarity there and a bit of a comfortable uh, style of play between them. So it makes sense that they would kind of gel quickly. And then you put a veteran guy like Gagne on that line with them, who at this point in his career is better as a winger than he is as a center. And it kind of, it, Kind of makes sense that they would have a little bit of gel going forward. I'd like to see Neil on that line with Kara and Nugent Hopkins, though. Um, but the thing I like, Nugent Hopkins has never been a guy like Drysaddle McDavid do damage off the rush. Like, that is mm-hmm. where they're absolutely the most dangerous. Nuge has never been that guy. Nuge has been a set up the cycle, find a soft spot, look for someone open, and go from there. Um, and I, I think Jujar's game really benefits him in that regard. Because, again, Jujar's not doing much off the rush because he's slow. Kanye's not doing yeah, much off JJ's the rush because he's slow. And JJ's not built to do, to do anything off the yeah. rush. He is definitely a cycle guy. He works the boards. And I'm telling you, man, if you watch him, very, very few people get the puck off of him. Rick, well, before we started recording, you said that you would prefer to see maybe Jujar Nuge and someone else. Who is your third that you would ideally like to see there? Well, you know what? Tyler brings up a good point with uh, with Neil. 
But I would even I, if you even if you left Neil where he was, just give him someone with uh with lots of speed. And whether I know you don't want to see Yamamoto, but Yamamoto like player, whether it be Josh Curry, whether it be Nygard when, when he gets healthy. Nygaard but somebody with speed, sure. somebody with yeah. speed who is somebody who can shoot, somebody who can put the puck in the net. Can Jujar play both wings? He's never played the right side. He's never played the right side. Yeah. Yeah. Totally been okay. tough guy. But That's I've seen him in the right corners, and he's fine. The thing I'd be worried about is him uh, zone exits. Yeah, in his own end. Hanging on the side. Yeah. I was going to say, because Nygaard, Nuge, and Kara would actually really intrigue me. But Nygaard doesn't play the right side at all? I don't think he's been playing the right side, has he? I think he's no. been strictly left. Yeah. And he's already a tire fire in his own end on the wall, so I wouldn't want to switch him. That's fair. Great mustache, though. Great okay. mustache. Bears repeating. Great mustache. Not as good as Nick's. I, Nick, I just like looking at you, buddy. That's thick. It's, it's real nice. It's got some length it's got some width but for day one of november you've got a lot of work to do here you have a lot of a lot of leeway to have some fun with that thing mm-hmm. i think you took it down too small too fast you oh, could have left some you know it leaves like a the along the jaw line there you know some chin strap have some fun with it you got to do it honestly if you if you're going to start with running and i think you should have some fun with it trim it down curve it this way curve it that way make something make something happen with it that'd be really nice Talking about curves this way and that way, are we talking about uh, Jujar in another way again? Ayo. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's real life stuff. This is Oilers Nation Radio. <laughs> this is this is the New York Times of Nation Network podcast, right? Yes. yes. Eggplant emoji. <laughs> Eggplant emoji. This brings me to Tyler. You put it out on ON Radio podcast on Twitter. The Sherwood Ford Giant. 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 Question of the day. <laughs> How many wins do the Edmonton Oilers get in November? And you set the over-under at... Seven and a half. Perfect. So let's walk through the schedule a little bit before I get everybody's answers. Coming up in November, the Oilers got two games against Arizona. They've got two games against San Jose. They've got two games against Colorado. Colorado's got some injury issues right now. Other divisional games, they play Vancouver. They play Vegas. They play LA. They play Anaheim. Some one-offs. We got Pittsburgh tomorrow. We got Jersey. We got St. Louis, and we got Dallas. If my math is correct, that is 14 games, perhaps. Yes. Now, Tyler, this is your question. Mm -hmm. At 7.5 as the over-under, the Sherwood Ford giant question of the day. Are you taking the over, or are you taking the under? Uh, I've been bad with uh, t- picking over-unders so far this year. Hello, shout out to the pregame podcast. Wait, what is uh, your record at there, by the way? Uh, we're 14 games in. I am two, four, and eight. What no, sorry, two, eight, and four. Two, eight, and four. <laughs> what What was your bet for the Columbus game? Uh, Leon Dreisaitl over three shots on net. I go to that one so much. It's a great bet. How many did he have? Three. Oh, so push. You pushed. But if you would, if you were to put a hundred dollars, <laughs> I did the math on this. If you were to put a hundred dollars every game on Leon Dreisaitl getting more than three shots on net, but only the games where the line shifts back to three. Sometimes it's at three and a half. You want to avoid that. But on the games where it shifts right. back to three, you'd be up like four or five hundred bucks. Back to the Sherwood Ford. Giant. <laughs> and that's Tyler from Odd Shark. Question uh, of the bet, day. Bet of the I'm taking the over to, to answer your question. How many wins are you saying? How many wins are you Eight. Taking? I think they are going to go eight, five, and one. Mm-hmm. At first, I was thinking seven, six, and one, but I, Colorado's hurt. San Jose's banged up. I think those you can get wins there. And their there. goaltending is atrocious. And the Oilers can torch bad goaltenders. So I, I think. Uh, They'll, with between Colorado and San Jose, those four games, I think they're good for three wins there. So I'm saying eight, five, and one is going to be the record. Nick, coming over to you, over under at seven point five. What say you, sir? I'm going ten. They're going to have Whoa. a hot November, big month in November. November. Um, they're going to definitely lose to Arizona because that's just what we seem to do. Maybe uh, Tippett's got the secret sauce, man. Maybe you know that's a good point. We're playing Arizona and Dallas this month, two of his former teams. So maybe mm. that'll be a nice little sweep there. Um, but no, we're going to lose to Arizona for sure. Probably drop one of the games to uh, probably to Anaheim, another and Vegas for sure. I think are going to be three losses. We play Vegas pretty well though, actually. Yeah, but Vegas is really, really good. Uh, and you know what? That's a good point that we tend to uh, play up to opponents and down to other opponents. Yeah. Uh, and that's just for whatever reason. Is, for whatever reason, has been how this team has played. Must be something in the water. I don't know. Um, no, nothing there, guys. Blame the water nothing there. I was going to sing the song. Okay. From the. <laughs> never mind. That must be something. And then uh, probably drop one to Colorado because even though they do have some injuries with Rotten and out there, a very, very good team. So those are going to be the four losses, but uh, it's going to be 10 wins for the team. Dan, you're up next. Yeah, I'm looking at my list and I had them at six wins, but 
thinking about Colorado, I had them losing both games to Colorado, and I'm rethinking that now. I think they probably get a split there, so I have them at seven wins. So I'm just going just under. Just on the under. That's a good over-under, I said. Which that. I'm happy with because, like, I'm still happy with seven wins. This this schedule is pretty strong. you got St. Louis. You've got Anaheim, who's always a burr in our saddle. Uh, Colorado's really good. And then I think the games at Vegas are the ones where I'm always scared of. Because so you love Vegas. I do love Vegas. I also love, love Vegas. love Vegas as much as you love But the Vegas flu is a, Maritimes. is a tough thing. Do you know Dan lived in Halifax? Did you know that? I did know that. Were you I heard about that, that once. Um, and the answer's nine. The last game is the sneaky one, too. I think Vancouver probably would. No, the answer's right nine. The answer is nine for Rick. I like nine. that. That's all. That's all. So that's three nine. overs, one under. Beg milk. I'm going to go eight, three, and three. Is my math right? Yeah. Over. I'm taking the over as well. I'm I'm still in peak Kool-Aid form, Tyler. I'm loving the Oilers Kool-Aid right now. I don't care about the odd loss that, right now. That man. eight, three, and three. That second three. How do you see that going? Yeah, like they don't, don't lose in overtime yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, like even we're me, going an OT loss or a shootout you're getting, loss. You're getting attacked. Right even now. me see, giving like, them one OT loss. I was like, ooh, I don't even know about that. See, I've got my three OT L's. I actually have the Oilers losing to the Penguins tomorrow in overtime. So there's one. Okay, that's Realistic. understandable. We saw that last year anyways. Right. We had to trade someone after this now. I've actually got the second one is going to be losing to New Jersey in overtime. Oh, well, they almost did last time, so that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Tay-Tay is always motivated. Yeah. Same We're going to talk about Taylor Hall a little bit later. <laughs> and I've got the third one. I'm going to go Dallas just because fuck Dallas, you know? They always they always play the Oilers very, very hard. It's like Tyler Sagan comes into town and he rips them up. Uh, Jamie Ben does the same thing. Yeah, so I think they're going to play well, but they're going to lose in overtime. So eight, three, and three. So I, I just had a really good hot take idea, so I got to write that down. It's another month of of a lot of games smattered in there. Like Fourteen games in that's in good. Days. If we yeah. can ride this heat for a little while, we get through November with a record like whether it be between eight and ten or even your seven. Yeah, add to what we have right now. We've got a uh, we've got a hell of a chance at. Uh, at April, but I still, 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 I'm very afraid of anybody not playing, you know, in the top six, top three line. Like, we're just not getting that secondary. James Neal got a goal against James Columbus. James Neal does not count. So we solved the bottom does not six count. problem. That was pretty JJ much counts. a power play goal. Can we talk about Mike Smith's pass? Oh, that, that was goal? a power play goal. The dry side of one happened right after. Do you yeah, like sorry. the pass, or do you like how he got picked up off Connor's st- skate and just kicked right on over? Like he played mm-hmm. soccer his whole career. That, that had to be a set play. Right? Sequence is unbelievable. And actually, you know what? Um, Gene Principe did an Ask an Oiler with Mike Smith. I watched it yesterday, and it was really good because I, I just love Gene Stick. Like I love everything about that dude. But he was asking Mike Smith about bombing passes down to Connor, and he's like, "It's definitely something we talk about. It hasn't really converted too many times yet." But you have to imagine it's going to. But I like that. It seemed like it was a set play because both the D-men had their backs to Connor for a second. So as soon as Smith bombed it, Connor's kind of jumped out in front of them. It, it was really interesting. I think but, it's a set play as long as X does something. Because it was uh, Seth Jones, I think, who had a really slow change there. And that's what they jumped on. <laughs> yeah, they And, and sure. Smith, yeah, he fired it right up there. And it was right off the, off the skate to the stick to the stick between the legs. This is the thing we have to remember when Mike Smith has his game against LA where he gives the puck away twice and the puck goes in the net. You have to kind of give the good with the bad and and sometimes the bad can stack up. Like he said, you know, it, it hasn't worked out yet up until uh, last night's or two nights ago his game. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when it works out. You get those Dwayne Rollison-esque passes. To me, that was Mike Smith's puck handling at its best. Do you know what I mean? He's just oh, yeah. bombing it down right on the table, on the skate in this in this instance. Connor made a nice play to Leon to James Neal and in the net. I just love Tyler grinding tape, just looking at the position of the D-man on that play, just just watching how everything's uh, taking form there, Tyler. I love it. I love your commitment. Well, the lazy it's line nice. change is just... Yeah. So good. To pick like, there were a lot of things I had to go right on that play. Yeah, but yeah. it's... I wonder if, like, they think about this stuff with, this is probably a stupid thing to say, but with the Rollison-Pekka thing from all those years ago, where, like, there's always just, like, this idea in Edmonton where it's, like, remember when that play happened? Wouldn't it be cool to do that again? I think in fans, yeah. I think think amongst, like, the organization, I'm sure it's something where you kind of have that idea, but you also all know, like, 
all right, if I'm going to bomb a pass up to Connor, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just kind of in the moment, like, oh, shit, here we go, and bang, bang. 70% of them are going to be just icing, and that's fine. But <laughs> Well, not really. He'd prefer if he didn't ice them. <laughs> no, but, it, but, but, it's, but it's not a it's not a giveaway within the yeah. zone. It's not a chase mm-hmm. on lazy pass up the sideboards that goes right to... to Chiesa uh, had some moves, though. Oh, yeah, no, no. And I, that wasn't a shot necessarily at Chase on because uh, the Squire is... Yeah, Jay hates Chason. All over Chason. was on the top power play a little bit in that game against Columbus too, right? Yeah, that was a little did, odd to see. They split up Neil and his minutes on that top power play. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you probably just don't want James Neal playing two minutes every single power play, but I, mean, I, th- I saw it as also maybe Tippett just wanted to get Chason going. Also, was that the first time in a long time that we've started a power play off with the second unit? As cool. the as the starting, yeah. like I, we usually, even if it's a sh- even if it's like mid shift for the top line, we usually yeah. go right to the top line power play. I love when the Oilers get power plays. Like when I'm watching a game, I s- actively smile when I see Nuge, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Clef bomb hop over the boards. It's amazing. And then that one, I see the second line come over. I'm like, oh fuck, thirty seconds. Hopefully, no more than like thirty five yeah. seconds here. Like, let's go. It did work out perfectly. What about the what could it be type of a situation when the first power play line comes out? Because you know, in like two years, whether it be you know, someone's going to be there on the right side, Bouchard's yeah, definitely going to be there, and whether it be Yamo or we have some other right handed shot who's going to uh, appear on there. Now you have actually like one timers coming from everywhere. Uh, well, I think it's perfect like, the way it is now with the five lefts. Think about yeah. when Mark Letestu was there a few years ago. He set a career high in goals just by feasting on that half wall. James Neal right now doing it in real time, like. All but he's doing is ripping home power play goals and being in the right spot. But to Rick's point, too, it's like in, in a couple of years, you've got Ethan Bear in the mix there. I still would sprinkle Bear in here. No. I would, too. I agree, but I think that there's an opportunity now to go back. Because Especially we've after got so we a couple good, games without getting one. We have so much good defense coming up now, though, that there's an, there's that option of having the 2D man again. No, no, the, you never want to do point, 2D. And then you can have two no, no, power no, no. plays. Because then, then who's your net front? On the second one. You're not putting Nuge in front of the net. You're not putting Drysdale in front of the net. You're Neil. not putting Connor there. Maybe on the you're second Nuge power play you do two. But definitely in the first one, you do the one guy who can walk the line a bit. My only complaint with the power play, so they have that play where Nuge cuts in blind backhand pass to Clefbaum for the one-timer, right? Everyone, I think everyone who's watching Oilers yep. game over the last year knows what I'm talking about. Clefbaum feels the need to hammer. I don't know if he's told to or what, but he hammers it every time. There was a time in Columbus, and I think even in Detroit, where the pass back to him isn't good and it's in his feet or it's but and he just fires it anyways. And I wonder, like I, I was watching that and it drives me a little crazy now. But I wonder if that's part of it. Um that Tippett just wants more shots on goal in yeah, general. And when that happens, he tells them when that happens, you fire it no matter what. Well, because the rest of the team is ready for it, right? They're yeah, prepared for I guess. Next or you have a couple bad you have a couple of bad ones in a row there where nothing goes in. Okay, guys, let's get back to the you know, we'll get back to shoot, 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 shoot. Next thing you know, they come to block and then we get to turn off and spin off and start making passes again. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, it, it, well, and it gets it gets defenders off Drysaddle, it gets defenders off Connor a little yeah. bit more. But. Changing gears a little bit, I want to talk about Leon Drysaddle. He just was named the NHL's third star of the month. Uh, John Carlson was number one, David Pasternak number two. I was a little bit surprised to see Drysaddle at three, considering right now he is tied for the NHL leading goals, leads the NHL with eleven even strength goals, leads the NHL with eighteen even strength points. And is the first player in 29 years to produce 25 points in October. If he played in the East, he would have been two. No. Well, it, it's, it comes no. down to a games played thing between him and Pasternak. Pasternak yeah, I think that's all Two fewer games. So I think that's the only reason that it's even, because that's the stat two line games. that they use on their thing. Two games is what does it? And Pasternak yeah, has one points point. per game, man. Uh, well, I'm not that, disagreeing with you. I'm not saying that Leon's not a great star of the league. Yeah, I think you can't you can't dismount Carlson because that this, no, that's this fine. Yeah. He I, was like I leave Carlson exactly yeah, where he was. Unbelievable. But right. I I think if 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 There's Leon if Leon had the same amount of eyes on him as Pasternak, then Leon would have would have been number two. <laughs> I no, just, I think Boston would, and Edmonton would love this. Leon if he was in the East. I don't if they ever got to see him all the time. I a disagree. Big body like that, who can pass better than perhaps anybody else in the league, who has the best backhand pass in the league, who just put up fifty last year and is going to going to be real close to it again this year. I best just think, backhand pass in the league. I just think yeah, I would say better. better. Who's better? How often does he use it? He doesn't use it on a regular basis. Like I don't know. Is Man, that all like, the time? All the time, dry. Dude, I can I can pass. pull out at least three. That one from uh, right beside the net there to Connor was ridiculous I, this year. I I don't Last think it's went, like a hallmark of his side. tool set though. Oh yeah, for sure. Really, it's a quiet one. It's a quiet oh. one. 
But he does when you, when great, most guys have to turn around and pass on the, on their forehand, he can leave it on his backhand and still get the puck there. I just it's feel ridiculous. that there's a part of me that just thinks that became a narrative when he was coming into the NHL was how good he passed on his backhand, and it's just stuck. Even though it's I challenge bad. you, my friend, to yep. watch for it now. Yeah, I'll watch, watch for it. That's my, watch. It's my homework for the next that. week. I will watch him specifically on the back end. Definitely. He is fantastic. I want to touch really quickly on. You want to talk dry saddle? No, I, I was just gonna. I, I, I'd go further and I'd say for Tyler to compile like a top five best backhand passers in the NHL. But here's the thing: I don't think there's a lot of guys like to me. That's not like a but, hallmark skill of like oh but this guy's been looking for it now. Maybe if you go to look for it, you're like holy shit. Yeah, maybe if I start looking for it, maybe I just don't watch for it. I don't know. To like, me, I just always felt like think, that was like a weird... I think it might have to be a year-long thing for you. Kucherov had 120 points last year. He probably's up there, I would assume. Like, tomorrow we'll see another good one. Sid's great on his backhand. But I do agree with Sid's great on his backhand. If dry, it's, it's a Western-Eastern bias thing with dry saddle. It is. Like, it's not, just... It's not, a I don't think so. It's, thing. it's an intern that no, is it's, just like... It's a reality. Listen, they intern. played enough games. No, no, no. This is I guarantee you it's not anybody that matters. No. Batman's not like, well, Leon's the third star because I don't watch him enough. Who? Batman. Yeah, because Batman is deciding who's winning. Well, that's my point. It's some <laughs> intern here. Some intern at NHL. Thing. No, it's writers that came in and he's just it's like an intern. That's the best intern job I've ever I'm heard sure, of in my fucking I'm life. Sure it's then just some social media intern. Hopefully, hopefully he's not a Canadians fan because they're all dying, right? So yeah. um, <laughs> there's no way a Canadians fan knows how to use Twitter. Yes, Pasternak's dead. on the East Coast, but Drysdale plays in Edmonton it's a reality, in a Canadian though. market. No, it's a reality. Like, if he was in San Jose, sure, sure but I know I think Edmonton gets Hold enough on. eyes on it. Let's bring up the Canadians' argument here. Where's your facts? Do we have to? Do you have any? Do you have any facts to prove that this, they can this use Eastern Twitter? bias that Pasternak and no, dry I think the Eastern bias thing is just a well-known fact in all sports, like ba- baseball, basketball. Maybe not the NFL as much because. But I'm talking about this specifically. Yeah, because Leon, Leon, and Connor are now like a focal point. Can I interject? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you can. Can I say that I apologize to everybody for even bringing up this third star of the thing because nobody yeah. gives a fuck except just us in this room right now. Agreed. Oh, All in okay. favor? People uh, love arguing. You know what's no argument, Dan? <laughs> Skip. Skip. <laughs> According to our downloads that we're going to talk about in a minute, turns out you guys like this podcast. You know what else we like? Skipthedishes.ca because it's delicious. It's delicious and you can be nutritious if you want or you could be a gluttonous pig like I am generally. However, doesn't matter. The choice is yours. There are hundreds of restaurants. In fact... I recommend that you go on skipthedishes.ca and you pick up something from our friends at Mary Brown's Chicken and Tatus. Maybe some bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat, chicken-coated Mary seasoning and served hot, crispy, and oh-so-yummy. Yes, please. Choose Thai for a uh, kick of sweet heat topped with sesame seeds and improve your life. Ow! You love it, Tyler. That was hot. That's hot. Skipthedishes.ca. Make it all happen right now. No matter when you are listening to this podcast, go and order some food. You will thank me for it. Yesterday on OilersNation.com, Tyler, you wrote an article called 31 Takes in 31 Days about the month of November or uh, October, sorry. And I want to ask you of those 31, what was your biggest takeaway? And then I'm going to ask everybody else at the table what their biggest takeaway is from the month of October. Who? Um, I, I think you can make a really good argument that the biggest takeaway was Ethan Bear, right? Just because that's such a revelation and that's an area where the Oilers have been lacking for so long. Um, but I would honestly say... It's you can't choose two. Well, no, Bear I think is up there, and I think Bear's going to be a really common answer around giving this away, table. Giving away our answer though, this guy, but <laughs> stealing our keeping us on our now. toes. But yeah. my answer is going to be goaltending, Fuck just because it was so worrisome over the summer, and I was honestly petrified it was just going to sink us. We talked about it on this podcast many times. Yeah, and I I liked Koskinen, but I didn't love Koskinen. I was okay with Mike Smith, but I thought maybe there were better options out there than him, and they were just forced to do it. Because of the money side of things. And here we go. A month into the season, I'm dead wrong. Both of them have been outstanding. And I think Oilers fans should be thrilled with their goaltending. And honestly, based on Tippett's structure and what I've seen from especially Koskinen, I've really, really liked Koskinen. I'm big on him right now. Um, I think there's reason to believe this can continue for a while. Dan, what's your biggest takeaway from October? Well, yes. Goaltending was going to be my biggest takeaway. But I think the biggest takeaway has to be that this team has overcome it's bottom six woes that have continued from last year so far. And I know it's, I know everybody will say it's unsustainable and all that, but Connor and Leon, James Neal, Nuge, they're, they're all just, they're all just clicking at a, at a top level. And I put out the tweet yesterday and it 
it genuinely like it was a joke, but it's also like a real question of I wonder if back in the eighties, if people were wondering about the bottom six scoring when Gretzky and Messier are lighting up the light, like lighting up the lamp. <laughs> people probably watch hockey differently though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And there was a, you're looking at newspaper clippings and you're seeing the top twenty five scoring and you're not really caring about the lower end stuff. But I just think that we we are we're at a point now where we have we have two of the best players in the league right now. We have one of the hottest guys in the league right now in James Neal. And and we're still kind of like worried about, you know, things that aren't necessarily an issue right now. Just because your car is moving doesn't mean you shouldn't be worried about uh, it continuing. To I know, but my point is, is that when Gretzky <laughs> and Messier were doing what they're doing, <laughs> when Gretzky and Messier are doing what they're doing, and, and Leon and Neal and Connor are, are matching those or coming close to those yeah, numbers. Matching them. They were coming close to them. They beat they hit Glenn him in Anderson. October. Yeah, but that's but uh, but we're I like salty Rick today. We're we're tending to uh, to focus on the negatives a little bit, and I and I think that it's a good thing. It's not focusing that. on the negatives; though. it's just keeping an eye on. It's just improving your efficiency. All right, Rick, what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to pick it apart. Go ahead. Biggest takeaway from October, Rick, coming at you. Leon doing exactly what he did last year, and is not a bit of a. It's not look like not looking like he's gonna dip off like everybody thought he's gonna. He hasn't missed a step, shooting twenty four percent, and that's what he did last year. I know this, he probably can't uh, can't keep that up, but as long as he gets right around that forty go- that forty or fifty goals and hundred points, is exactly where you want him. I was gonna say something, but I don't want to take the conversation off the rails. So we're gonna take it off the rails in a minute. Nick, what is your biggest takeaway from October? Um. I think it has to be James Neal. It's kind of forgotten now, but the fact that he the real has, steal. Well, the fact that <laughs> the fact that he's contributed so quickly, and he's already at what it's eleven goals, right? Yeah, like yes, sir. That that has to be pretty impressive. Like people thought that it was going to be when the trade happened. People were stoked just mostly because we were offloading Lucic and we were getting a player that could at least contribute a little bit. But the fact that he's granted. You know, seventy percent or whatever it is on the power play—that's fine. Who cares? They're goals. They're still goals. They're goals. And the fact that he's done it this quickly, I think, is pretty impressive. Another minor one—he was hurt a little bit, but he's back now. Just the fact that Parison can kind of just slide into that top four and yeah. doesn't look out of place is pretty impressive. Just Unbelievable. Stick to the format oh. here, guys. Oh, Rick's, Come on, Rick's one pissed. at a time. Rick's pissed because I did too, but I, that's just a little minor Bag one. Milk. A little minor. Yeah. One. What do you got from the bottom you, of the barrel? Or am I? Am I? Oh, am I thinking too highly of? Mr. Yol Pearson. I like Pearson. I think yeah. he plays a, just a simple game. Yeah. Six and one with him in the lineup. My Six big... and oh in games where he finishes the game. The one thing I'll say too is about having you like Dan, you talked about, you know, the comparing to the Gretzky days when the top when we were very top heavy. Um to, for a more modern comparison, we can look at the Avalanche from two years ago, right? McKinnon finished with ninety seven points, uh Ratnan finished with eighty four. The next closest score was Landis Cog at sixty two, right? And they made the playoffs. They snuck in at eighth, but they still made the playoffs. So it is, even if it's not sustainable to be a dominant team like a Boston Bruins or like a Washington Capitals or Vegas Golden Knights, it's still good enough to be somewhat successful and to get to the playoffs. And that's all that really matters. Because right now, when Holland came in, sorry, I'll I'll let you sneak in here in a sec, but when when Holland got hired, no, he said that this is going to be like a two, three-year thing, right? So right now, even it's hard to say because we have, you know, arguably be the best player in the league on our team. We're kind of playing with mm. house money at this point, right? Be- well, whatever. What can oh, we have that? the best player on our so, team. But we're we are playing with house money a bit where this is the best case scenario that we're playing well enough. We've gone to a, gotten off to a hot start and only more good days are going to come. Well, and the difference for that years. too, Nick, like to your point of two years ago, Colorado versus even last year, Edmonton Oilers, they had two of the two of the top scorers in the league last year and nothing happened for him it was just average goaltending but where That's were the, the where were their bottom scores compared to our bottom scores is what what, what i want to see yeah he's showing him the spreadsheet <laughs> there's a uh, 16, he needs to explain 18, the right 20. spreadsheet yeah you know even those guys i see i see guys who have uh numbers in the in the goal columns here in the bottom end of their t- lineup Need and unfortunately take- we don't have that right now so i to be that if we had one or two goals at a couple of the guys, and I don't think we have nothing to worry about or a, a, lot, a lot less, but we have zero. We're through. JJ just got one. We have zero. Yeah, we're through October. That's frightening. Guys need to score. It's That's no frightening. Doubt. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm absolutely stoked we are where we are. And every time we play, I'm fucking jacked up before every game. My biggest but takeaway from October, still. I'm cutting everybody off because <laughs> I want to play. Terrifying. And everybody took my answers. I was going to say Ethan Bear. I was going to say goaltending. I was going to say James Neal and how great it is that we just absolutely robbed Calgary. 
of an 11 goal guy already. I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Oscar Clefbaum and how great he's been. Right now, he's averaging 25 26. He's on pace for a 50 point season. He has been fantastic. And not only has he been fantastic, he is playing with inexperienced guys. He's played with a mix of um, partners so far, and he's looked great. He's looked every bit as good as he ever has. And I'm going to give a hat tip to Oscar Clefbaum and his apps. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. And your second one? Oh, I, you see, I play by the rules, Dan. Ah, nice. I only have one takeaway. <laughs> one takeaway. That's what keeps this show at the top. All right, fuck it. I got a third takeaway. Oh, uh, <laughs> the play of Zach Cassian starting and continuing to look like a legitimate top six winger as long as he's with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but who cares? He's doing it. I don't care who he's playing with. That's only a big, two, only like two months away from doing it in a whole season, right? Last half of the last year, yeah. first half of this um, year. I, I really like what we've seen from Cassian. Do you, are you, is you there a any fourth one? <laughs> Jeez. Can we move on? I wrote an article with 31 of these. I wrote an article with 31 of these, right? You're aware of that? I want to stick with Cassian though. Yeah. Because right now he's got three goals, six points or three goals, six assists, nine points in 14 games. He is due for a new contract at the end of this year. What is an acceptable contract for Zach Cassian? And are you keeping it or are you clipping it to steal from two guys in a goalie? Whoa. Shout out two guys in a goalie. Two guys in a goalie. Check that out on Mondays and Thursdays. Zach Cassian, what's an acceptable contract? Ty said said at the beginning of the uh, the the season that Cassian plays best in like contract years. He does. So is there a way of talking him into... One one year contract, one no. year contract, one year contract, because of the long term money. But I mean, you're only what is it, an extra two and a half million dollars? Like, I, this is going to be a really complicated negotiation, I think, for for a couple of reasons. Zach Cassian will have a lot of numbers to look at, and with those numbers, he'll have comparables that probably make in the three and a half to four and a half million dollar range. Like, if he scores twenty some goals, brings that physical presence, and is at fifty five points, like. But this is a different NHL now. It is. Patrick Maroon put up yeah. otherworldly numbers, and then he signed for a million dollars the year later. Because he waited so long. Because he waited. He could have had a lot more from the Oilers. I'm fairly certain 4x4 four four here. Yeah, I'm pretty certain 4x4 four four was offered at one point, yep. and he said no. So right um, now, Zach Cassian is on pace for 18, if I'm rounding up from 17.57. That's fair. Okay, so he's on... For 18 million? <laughs> so... Like, he can look at some numbers, but the Oilers can just sit there and say, you're playing with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. No other team has that. And I think other teams might also recognize that and go, ooh, you know, he's or, playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Will we see an Anson Carter situation where he lit it up playing with the Sedins, went to Columbus, got his big money, and didn't do jack shit? How old is he? Maybe. Zach Cassian is... 28? 28 and 281 days. So do you think... 29. Are we... Almost at that point where those guys, 28, 29-year-olds who only done it for like two years, yeah. don't get those Anson Carter contracts? I think You'd so. Hope so. I think so. Like, do you do you get here and like, hey, man, it's going to be another two. And that guy goes, you know what? But then again. Fuck yeah. Because I didn't, there's a point. I didn't think I was going to get another two-year another two year contract. But then again, we're talking about Kenny Holland and he did give a contract to Chase on. on a, he did. Let me throw this at you then. He's making, Cassian's is making 1.9 right now. I don't know if this is fair or not for either side. If it was announced tomorrow that the Oilers had an extension with Zach Cassian for two years at $2.9 million, what would your take be? Too high. A little too high for me, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I would, I I think would say a shade too high. Yeah, I think two and a half might be as, as high as I'm going for him. So that's, you know, an extra four. You do have some youth coming up, so maybe you can find that extra four hundred grand somewhere. Hopefully some of this dead cap space starts falling off right away, so you have a little bit to play with there. I would it's love to see him get what Alex Chason got. Two years, 2.1? Somewhere in there. Uh, like, And I know that's not yeah, like a... 2.9 year, I just probably too high now that like I'm really starting to think about it. That's not like a huge bump from where he's at right now, but if you can get 2.15 like um, like Chase on did, so then you I think you're in a decent spot, right? And wouldn't you, don't you think he'd work with the team? Seeing how we were the team that kind of gave yeah. him that extra... I think, there is, I think he's at the point of his life where he's going to give a lot more uh, credit to those who gave him a, his last opportunity, if, I guess. For sure. That's, I think that there's there has to be, you'd hope that there's a sense of For sure. I, you just sense it, you sense it in him. The way it, every interview, everything you read, everything you see about him, you just kind of sense it in him that if it came down to 500 grand, he would go on the lower side of it as a, you know what? Thank you, because otherwise, 
Montreal, yeah, well, he wasn't going anywhere yeah. there. Uh, can we all be in agreement that we don't want it to be more than two years? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Right? So. Like, just the way he's played, like, last year, before he went up with McDavid and Drysaddle, he was looking somewhere for a trade, for a team to just take him, and no one would. Yeah. So. And the way he plays also, like, it's hard on his body. Yep. It is. He's and kept it cool this year, too. Like, he hasn't gone... We haven't seen crazy eyes yet. No, I no, do yeah. miss crazy eyes as long as it doesn't like. You know what's coming? Crazy. There was Actually, one moment against Washington where he, he just, jumped in there. It was man, funny. Those oh, I think yeah, he jumped yeah. way over top of a couple of guys. But he gives those crazy eyes. He got the gap tooth smile going on, and you're just like you're watching from your television. You you're afraid. But Holland's also a guy that doesn't give a lot of long term contracts to guys that aren't the superstars. In Detroit, he overpaid a lot of veterans, but I think a lot of people will tell you he was forced into that because yeah, he may have had agreed. an owner that really, really wanted him to hang on to the playoff streak. Contracts. Right yeah. You're trying. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I don't think Holland's going to sit here and be like, three by three, let's go. The, the thing with half. Holland, too, is he's not, as we've seen with Jesse Pugliarvi, we're going to touch on here in a second, is he's has no problem letting guys sit. He did it with Athanasio in, in Detroit. He was going to go over to the KHL, ended up coming back to Detroit, had a great year. He's let Jesse go to Finland. So maybe it's something where if it's not a deal he likes with Zach, that away you go. That's exactly what I'm just a little bit worried about because I don't want to see him go. He's a fan favorite. He is a fan favorite, but takes two to tango. Both sides need to yeah. want to dance. I think both sides probably would want to dance. It's just a matter of making the math work, right? Yep. Right. So Jesse Pugliarvi obviously is ripping it up in the Finnish league right now. He is the team Carpath's leading goal scorer. News came out this week from Jason Greger that Ken Holland is going over to Finland to do a little bit of scouting, but he's also going to check in on Jesse while he's there. I, my question for you is, do you think this is a repair mission from the Oilers to try and get Jesse back? Just Holland checking in to see how Jesse's doing and try to build a bridge there. What do you guys think? Rick, I'll start with you. It's a recon mission. Like he's going over there for obvious reasons to keep an eye on this tournament. Um, it's got four national teams in it. So, you know, there's there's definitely people to watch there. But yeah, when he gets over there, he's going to feel the water and see what, see what it's all about. You sit down and talk to him. I said since, you know, uh, in June, if, the, if, him, if Coach and Holland just flew over there for three to four days, sat down, got to know him, hung out with him, seen what he does in the real life, and just show him that little love that some of this new age category guys uh, respect a little bit more and, and kind of need a little bit more that we wouldn't be where we are. So he's going to go over there and I don't see him flying home with him. But, uh, and I think I said last week, I could see him being in training camp next year. I'd love to see the Oilers rebuild a relationship with Jesse. And who knows, like, I'm just saying that as like, who knows what the fuck's going to happen with him in his NHL career. But I would love to see them not waste a prospect as spectacularly as they did with him. Yeah, like, I mean, we lost a number one already, but that kind of like, Everybody, it just kind of happened. You couldn't take anybody else at that point. You had to take uh, Yak. It was him or Murray, and I, you weren't going to take Murray or no one. But yeah, there are definitely a, guy, a couple guys around Pugliarvi that you had an opportunity of, of taking instead. To see to see this through and find out really if he is or if he isn't, or if it was just a you know a, a bad bad situation at the beginning. I really want to see what he's got when he's healthy. And at this point right now, I want to, I want to see him over here and see what he can do. Dan, last word on Pugliari. You know what fixes all relationships? Love. Love. Gift baskets. Of course. Send a gift basket. An edible yeah. arrangement. What would you put in your gift basket? Uh, something from Skip Dishes. Oh, some, some beef and cheddar. For sure. Arby's and send it to Finland. Can we yeah. Finland like still ship it? Dishes? It gets there in like a week and there's That's beef and cheddars in there. Well, no, yes. You know, I'll, I'll step up. I'll make sure it gets there in like two days or whatever, the 48 hour flight or whatever. Amazon, do those drones fly over there still today? Absolutely. <laughs> Jesse, we miss you. Here's a two day old beef and cheddar and an eight pack of Molson Canadian. Have you ever eaten a two day old beef and cheddar? You don't know if they hold on. Absolutely. Of sauces too, though. Hey, we're not being, takes care of everything. Yeah, we're not being cheap here. Skip the dishes. They'll take care of whatever we need yep very exciting day on the podcast today we are welcoming a brand new sponsor tourism jasper with their hot and cold performer of the week tyler's excited we've been working on the button bar today to make sure that we had the appropriate sound effects for everybody's choices so we're going to go around the table who is the best and worst oilers from the past week you only get one answer, right? You only get one Hold answer. Hold on. One answer for sure or Tyler's four answers? I got one answer. Tourism Jasper, hot and cold performer of the week. We are going to start with the bad news. 
we are going to start with the cold performer of the week. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. And we're not going to double up here, boys. We're going to do a little bit of... uh, Nobody's in agreement here. We're all going to pick our own players, and we're going to start with Tyler. Cold performer of the week. Tyler. My ice cold performer of the week is Marcus Granlund. Easy. You knew where I was going with it. (laughs) He was not good. They healthy scratch him. You hope it's going to give him a burst. Maybe motivate him a bit. Fresh perspective after sitting in the press box. He comes back and looks about as vanilla, if not somehow more vanilla, than he did before. So Marcus Granlund is my cold performer. Rick, who is your cold performer of the week? Well, he started off looking kind of hot, but now he's gone right to the cold side. Yurcho, Yurko, whatever your last name is, he needs to be better. Let's do something in the bottom six. Come on. Oh, get cold. Dan, your Tourism Jasper, Cold Performer of the Week. So as the resident writer of the prospects, I figured, I figured I'd give you guys a little taste of Bakersfield. I like this. And I am going to go with one Kyler Yamamoto. <laughs> with one assist in his last five games, that hot start that, that Rick wanted to call up five so bad. games last week? They played five games, games last, last week? Five games. How many games did they last play last week? Games. How many play, no, this is of the week. How many games did they play in the last Three. week? They and played three in the last week in those three games, and all of a sudden you want to get rid of them. <laughs> I'm not Connor saying went, Connor, went, Connor went three games without getting any points. Hold on, is this the tourism Jasper get Good rid of him Lord. content or the cold Good performer Lord. of the week? Cold performer of the week, Good Tyler Yamamoto, one assist. Just turn his mic off. Nick, your tourism Jasper, cold performer of the week. Do you want to go before me because my cold performer is also my hot performer, so I can get the next round started? What? Yes. All right. I don't understand how this works. You're about, but you're about to find out. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say my cold performer of the week is Chris Russell, though that's not his fault. He was playing on his off wing with Clefbaum, now in a much better spot. I like him where he's at now that Joel Pearson is here. So I'm going to go. My cold performer is Chris Russell. There we go on the downside. But today we are going to look at the good Hold news. Hold on. You got one more. Cold well, we're, I'm going to start with Nick here because okay. he says he's got a little of both flavors. <laughs> so we got Nick going with the hot and cold performer of the week at the same time. Somehow, I don't know how this works. Tourism Jasper wants to hear from you. Nicholas, good. It's Mike Smith. So against the Florida Panthers, Smith was quite cold. And as were his nuts. Um, <laughs> let, let in uh, three goals on three shots. Had a very rough uh, start to the second period. And then uh, his last game against Columbus, or sorry, against uh, Detroit, had a very, very good, or no, it was against Columbus. Had a very good game against Columbus. He came back. He had uh, like a 930-something save percentage. He redeemed himself. And so Mike Smith saw both sides of the coin this week. But uh, I hope that everything downstairs and all around in his game have come around <laughs> for the rest of the season. That's hot. No, no uh, penis talk this week. Tyler but there really, are nuts. Tyler really week, missed Tyler. his call by not being an FM DJ with all these buttons. See, I was so glad that I had like when I found out that they were up. <laughs> When I found out that the tourism Jasper thing kicked in this week, I was super excited because I had this idea that we were going to set up the button bar a little bit, and Tyler's nailing it right now. Dan, your hot performer of the week. It's uh, actually going to be somebody else from Bakersfield, a little shot from uh, down south. Brad Malone. Uh, no, he is hot, <laughs> but it's Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones has had really? a great week. He's got two goals and two assists in his last six games, but he's uh, got two goals and an assist in his last week. And he dangled that one kid along the boards there too. I yeah, think that was this weekend, right? He's definitely he's the definitely excelling. Right I know step. that I know that we've kind of felt that Bear is uh, is pushing him maybe a little bit and seeing Ethan go up ahead of him after our last season's great streak by Caleb. But yeah, positional opportunities, hot performer of the week. Positional opportunities. That's why. Rick, your hot performer of the week. Leon. That's really hot. Thank you. Uh, you got Dude, the guy, he just continues to be one of the best players in the league. Uh, everyone expected him to drop off this year, and nope. Last year against Columbus, he had six points in the last two games against him. One game against him this year, puts up another three points. That guy right there is going to be the Malkin to our Crosby in, 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 in Connor. That's, that's who you're going with right now. Leon Dreisaitl. Press the button. That's really hot. I did. I, as soon as he said Leon, I hit it. Press it again. Well, Tyler, your Remchuk, your Tourism Jasper, hot performer of the week. You know, this might be maybe a bit of an unpopular one, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins is playing good, man. Yeah, 
Yes. He's, he's playing good. Well. And like the thing, he's getting chances and all that. He's not playing with established top six wingers. Neil, sure. But again, he's a guy who's kind of a, a, still a bit of a reclamation project at five on five. He's not a legitimate bona fide play driving top six winger. Nugent Hopkins is doing a lot of good things with not a lot of good around him. So I liked what I saw from Nugent Hopkins in the last seven days. And I'm hoping he can keep it up. That was hot. That's hot. And I'm going to go with the man that everybody should go with when this question comes around. Connor McDavid. How nice of us to leave him for you. Six points in his last five games. Connor McDavid is my Tourism Jasper Hot Performer of the Week. Fantastic. (laughs) That's the real life life. intro. Welcome to the real life podcast. Oh my God! Is that one news music? We got um, a few minutes left. Burst in the door. <laughs> we got a few minutes left in this week's podcast. Well, I want to touch on something we mentioned a little bit earlier. Taylor Hall's not having a great time with New Jersey fans right now. I think Oilers fans really like talking about Taylor Hall. I do. Big fans. Of I don't care what the Squire and Wanye say. Fuck those guys. Don't fire me. <laughs> Our podcast is better. Taylor Hall. <laughs> got quoted after the Jersey Devils were booed by their own fans. And I'm going to read this quote for you, so just bear with me a sec. Okay, I call them the Jersey Devils. What's Did the I? Jersey Shore, <laughs> Jersey Shore Jersey, Jersey Devils. Devils. Man, I'm battling English today. Jim Tam Halsey. We're kind of battling our own fans at this point. We're one and three on the power play, and we're getting booed. It's a tie game, and we're getting booed. It's a tough environment to play in sometimes, especially when you're at home. I know when we're playing somewhere and their fans start booing, it's a fun environment for the away team to play in. I understand the fans' frustration. After the game, if they're booing because we're losing, that's fine. But when we're one for three on the power play and they're booing, it's tough. If you're playing at home, you want to feed off the energy of the crowd and not let that affect you, but sometimes it does. Tyler, you had a hot take about Taylor Hall. Ah, but I think I got to save it for the hot takes contest on TSN. Unbelievable. What? What? Tyler. They have two fucking wins, and he's talking like this. I'm just surprised he's so rattled by, like, the 30 fans that are in that arena watching the yeah, no Devils kidding. play. They, they ventured into the swamp. They know what they were getting it, into. No. Oh, yeah, it is in the swamp now. It used to be the rock. Or is it the rock now? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's Can I change Mickey my Mouse. Tourism Jasper Cold Performer of the Week to Tyler for saving his hot takes for TSN? Okay, the Tournament of Champions is a big deal in my life. And I would use Hold it. On. You were you don't have confidence in yourself that you can come up with another hot take by the time this comes up. I just think this is a good one in terms of the contest. We're going How to send them this audio. Just, by just the way, just say it, and then we'll just edit it out. Yeah, just say it, and we'll pretend like. Oh, it I'll bleep happened. it. We want to shout <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Taylor is more than Paul. Ooh, mm. Rick Pinter would like that one, right? Same. I got to write down what time. I'm glad you saved that one. <laughs> Just based on his I'm, comments, I just there? tweeted it at Dusty. I'm sorry. Yeah, just now you're gonna be based just don't tweet it at Titch. I kind, it, dude, I kind of see where he's coming from. If you're booing the team that's one for three, and you're booing the team when it's tied, when it's tied, because that was a game against uh, Tampa, right? Where there was like a, it was a back and forth. Yeah, like I haven't, I don't, I haven't. They even lost in, seven six in overtime. Yeah, I haven't even looked into into it too far, but uh, one one for three on the power play, and you're gonna boo them when they're on the. I, I would. Hate that. I, I would lose my fucking mind if Ta- Connor had the puck. We are one for three on the power play, and someone and the shoots start turning to the boos. Yeah, but it's game, different though. than just. It's not like they were just booing the power play. They were booing the power play and the fact their team is shit. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> After a really exciting offseason, it's a, it's a situation in that thing. game. They're in that game. They're still they're still right in it. It's a situa- situational thing though. Like like the Oilers play like dog shit, and we're still losing two nothing. Or we're only down by like a goal, and there and there's a piss poor effort, and the fans boo. The players can't be fucking upset about that. No, but even in Edmonton, the, when they announced the the opening lineup, when they brought them all on the ice and introduced them one by one by one, everybody fucking sat, sat on their fucking hands. Mm. They sat down the whole goddamn time. I was losing well, my fucking mind down low. That's a statement against Rogers' place, though. No, that's not a statement against that statement. It's the people that are in there. No one in it's Rogers told them to sit though, down. But it's the environment that's been created and 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 it's created by the people that are in there. But there's a certain amount of stop cheering shit. There's no, no that went away that. fast. That went away. I don't know where that came from, but that went away fast. We are the library. We are not. The library was was fucking the Coliseum. Yeah, like call the Coliseum had plenty of regular season games where it was dead quiet in there, man. Yeah. 
But I mean, I, I you know, know it gets going when it needs I'll, to get going, or when the Oilers deserve it getting going. We're just, no, we're kind of a quiet person, though. Albertans are usually kind of quiet. That's but in the, that's but what, what I mean, you look at Montreal. You look at Montreal. That place is always popping off. Here, not necessarily, and it's annoying. Well, are they you go, you Montreal at, fans you are all at, dying, dude, so they're cheering at, before yeah. they die. So yeah. look, at some yeah. of the, look at some of the look at some of the look at some of the fans still be alive. of like. English Premier League teams. <laughs> well, These teams are like in the bottom fucking three or four, and you know they're always going back and forth throughout the leagues, and those fans are always diehard it's fucking singing thing. for them. And I get it. And you look at hockey, actually bring Jay down here, because you look at hockey here and you look at hockey over there when he went to fucking Finland. No. Those fans were going fucking nuts. Oh, fuck. Reddit's going to beat Reddit's the shit be so out of you. Angry. Reddit's They up. were going nuts there. Great. Already a threat about it. Unbelievable. Um, no, so see, I think a lot of it, too, is just hockey is a long Reddit season, site. man. Like, just because Oilers fans aren't going... Sleep it off tomorrow, though. Just because Oilers fans <laughs> are going crazy wild and loud for the Wednesday afternoon or Sunday afternoon game against the Panthers I or whatever. Give them the Sunday afternoon I don't afternoon know how game. this conversation from Taylor Hall talking about New Jersey no, fans. fans, fans, fans but the fans but, booing. But, and then you brought it up a couple weeks ago. Speak to the fact that Edmonton against LA this year. That's the only game I've been in the building for so far. Is uh, the uh, the with Mike Smith giving away the two pucks at the start of the game? The fans were still fucking right there cheering on the team. Yeah, and you're right. There are times when they are, and there are times when the whole fucking building goes nuts. But there's also times when it's fucking dead silent. You can hear what's being uh, the conversation on their side of the fucking ice. This city. I hate that. You got to cheer. I want to hear the coach whistling for the bench. How many times in the playoffs are like, well? The fans kind of got them through that one. In the playoffs, I was the fans say. might will we'll get the Oilers through shit. But if in we the don't playoffs. get to the playoffs, then you what the fuck are we going to do? It's take not a day the fans off on a Wednesday. No, I don't know, part, man. Part, the fan is short for fanatical. There's no logic behind. All you do is blindly cheer. And outside the game, I guarantee, I, I agree with you. Be critical. Have these conversations, whatever. But during the, the 60 minutes, unless you're down five nothing in the first period, man, get behind your team and fucking cheer. No, that's I'm what not you're there for. I'm no, that's not. I'm there to enjoy the hockey game. You're I don't. Talking, you can enjoy it better you on your television because you have a better view. Then you are talking to Tyler Remchuk, who and is I don't not mean just you as in general, but I mean as in people. I'm talking about Tyler. Like, he doesn't cheer at all, you know? Hey, I watched him on the kiss cam, and he could not have been quiet that night because he was very, very uh, active at that. Mm. He I was, was having a good night I that don't, night. I don't enjoy the game by sitting there and screaming and chanting and all that. I want to sit, enjoy the game, watch the Oilers do well, cheer when they score. That's how I enjoy it. See, However, I, <laughs> I might be the fucking problem, and I, but, I'm sure there's a lot of Oilers fans like me. I don't want to sit there and be doing the wave and shit. No, and that's fair. Would you rather <laughs> sit in a loud building or a quiet building? If and you when have the, zero, you when the zero, you, you I know, I know, but when but you're not making any of the noise, Tyler, you're just you get there. You want to be in a, you want to be yeah, in a loud place when the crowd right. is is great and bumping. It's good, but I don't blame the crowd when it's a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whatever or a thirsty Thursday when it's a little bit quieter. Thursday, I was throwing like, back those beers on Thursday. So was I, pop? Come on, I absolutely. ripped that promotion yeah, so man. hard, and there's a photo <laughs> of me on my Instagram with like six of them between me and my girlfriend and that. Yeah. Oh, total uh, yeah. Hypocrite I, I went nailed six in the first period. No problem. Um, but no, I, I just think that sometimes people expect Rogers to just be this loud, crazy circus 24 seven. And it's just not going to be that. No, I would still, I would still expect it to be one of the louder, one of the louder uh, buildings in, in the league. <laughs> what just happened over here? I, I, just, I, just, I just about did a spit take right there. I just came up with a great title for this yep. week's podcast. It's so I'm amazing. pretty excited about it. I can't wait for the admin reveal. I'm mm. oh, in. It's going to be great. Tyler, you're just an inspiration for me. You're my muse, my friend. Can I see it? No. You'll nope. see it when I send you the article. You'll I see it when fuck. I send you the article. To go back to Taylor Hall talking about Taylor, uh, New Jersey fans booing him, I think the biggest reason why these, these fans are booing is because of the expectations for that team going into the season. They That's had a great the offseason. Well, you could... I mean, they, it's exciting they were, off season. They were, yes, they, yeah, they, you know, they, they brought in big names like, like Subban and then they drafted Hughes. So they're, they, they had expectations. So the fact that they have two wins is probably why they're more upset than just being shitty fans, which is kind of how Taylor Hall makes it come across where it's like, oh, they're just being bad fans or booing. It's because expectations were set in a, in a, maybe to a point that they shouldn't have been like that's Jack sports Hughes, though, right? It's, just that? easy, that's sports. it's easier it not is. to say anything though. That's the thing. For Taylor Hall, yeah, you sit quietly and you stare at the ice. No, like yes, I, you know, and give the guy credit for actually having a voice in a league that generally That's That's doesn't. Fair. That's fair, but at the same time, it just it comes across a little whiny. It does. I like it. I like when players say what's on their mind. But like, so is Taylor Hall never going to be able to play in a place where they're critical? 
is my question. Like, I don't know. Like, if he can't take New Jersey fans booing him, is he ever going to be able to play in a place like the, for the Rangers? Is he Zach Greinke? Can't handle it? Wrong podcast. Wrong, wrong, wrong podcast. The <laughs> baseball enough. podcast you record with the yes. mics turned off yes. on Tuesday mornings. Dan. Yes. He never well, bitched about Edmonton, though, did he? No, because Edmonton is fantastic. We've got fantastic fans that are always cheering for the wave. And Cotton Eye Joe. I wish we could Tyler, have a, 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 a end-of-the-game song like Liverpool does. When they sing to all their players, win, lose, or draw, we won't walk al- you don't walk alone. We, we got Tarzan. Boy, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up. That has been a busy episode of Oilers Nation Radio. Thank you all very much for being here and listening with us. Be sure to tell a friend, a colleague, a cousin, a a family member, brother, sister, whatever you got. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. Tomorrow, Saturday, November 2nd, we have got a brunch party happening at the Canadian Brew House in Lewis Estates. Game starts at 11. We will be there earlier than that. We've got a pop-up shop. Plenty of prizes to give away. Today, we put the Calgary trip for January 11th on sale at OilersNation.com. Check that out. We have got, what, nine, ten spots gone already? We do, yeah. And we're going to be giving away two spots tomorrow at the party. The this Calgary is going... Trip? Oh. Calgary trip's going to sell out very, very fast. It's Sign going to go. Rick's going to be there. Dan's going to be there. Nick's going to be there. I'm going to be here. Be there. Tyler might come if <laughs> unless he's got something <laughs> Mike's more here. important to go on. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the real life podcast. We're going to have former oiler Zachary Stortini coming up on Tuesday. So you're going to want to check that one out as always. Thanks to Sherwood Ford, the giant skip the dishes.ca and our brand new segment sponsor tourism Jasper for making all of this possible. That is episode 60. Away we go. Shout out Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.